0: Okay, so if you haven't been listening to the previous episodes, I would not suggest that you start off with this episode um, just because um, this is a continuation of previous episodes that I've kind of talked about uh, my death date. So if you want to start... If you're new listeners to the podcast, welcome. But I would suggest that if you want to understand what the fuck I'm talking about here, you should probably jump to the previous episodes. Not the one before this one, that one's a rerun. The Survival of the Dumbasses is a rerun. But everything after that, starting from, I think, Kobe and the Multiverse and working all the way up to before survival of the uh, dumbasses. I would suggest that you read, or I'm sorry, listen to at least one of those so that you know what the fuck I'm talking about, because I'm just going to jump in deep. I, I don't have really, it's a very heady topic, so much so that I actually took notes so that I don't sound like that crazy person in, <laughs> in that movie. You know, when you watch a movie and there's like this person who, who clearly everybody should be listening to, like they're the smart people But because they're disjointed and they have all these notes and all these papers and they're like all over the place because they're like kind of overstimulated and saturated with information, they sound absolutely batshit crazy so nobody fucking listens to them. So I don't want to sound like that. I understand that I may sound like that, but I don't want to. So I took notes. So if you hear paper kind of rustling around, that's what that is so that I can stay on topic, all right? And uh, I don't confuse the fuck out of people. This episode I'm going to be talking about... um, more or less as it has to do with, you know, are you experiencing like multitude of reincarnations of the same life? And when they say life imitates art, do they mean that literally? Like, should that be taken literally? Okay. So this is obviously a heavy topic, but stay with me. So on, uh, over the last couple of days, when I, I, I since last week Friday, when I kind of stumbled across that death date, March twentieth, twenty twenty, you know, I even asked on podcasts like I, I've been trying to figure out, okay, uh, what the fuck is going on? What is causing all of the, these sort of synchronistic? I, I don't want to use the word attacks, but that's kind of what it felt like. Uh, but let's say syn- synchronistic experiences that I've been having that's been really trying to grab my attention and really get me to focus right? And I even joked on podcasts, I said, you know, like, okay, people just say, say it's synchronicity. It's like, okay, well, what the fuck does that mean? That doesn't mean anything to me. It's just a word that you're throwing. It's a label for something, but the label doesn't describe what that thing is. So I have been, since last Friday, full-on determined to find out, okay, what does this mean? And um, after doing some research, Um, I stumbled across an article submitted to uh, um, academia.edu, which is a journal having to do with uh, life after death. And this article, if you want to read it yourself, is called Cheating the Ferryman, A Paradigm of Existence, and it's by Anthony Peake. Now, um, in that article, he quotes, and I kind of phrase things, I kind of go in and edit a bit of his quote so that it makes sense to me before I wrote it down. So here it goes. Um, By various means, including dreams, hunches, and auditory hallucinations, the daemon ensures the ongoing survival of its I. And so one thing that, that I changed, I added or lower self or persona, right? So in the article, he breaks it down, he, he describes the daemon as being like your higher self. So if you're like a conscious person, or you believe in consciousness, it's like your soul, your oversoul, um, that's like, you know, it over, always exists or whatever. And then the eye is like your body, the person that you look at in the mirror. I call that um, the lower self or the persona or whatever. So that's why I use this so that it makes sense to me. So going on, he says, in doing so, it may change the future timeline of its lower self, by sending itself and its partner down a different alternative version of reality and in doing this entering into another universe one of trillions to choose from so that to me was like okay like that that resonated with me that made sense right okay so maybe maybe in a previous Incarnation, right? So let me backtrack a little bit. A lot of the times when people talk about reincarnation, a lot of people think, Oh, you reincarnate into different people, which I think you can. You can do that. That's part of the thing. Like that that's part of reincarnation. But I also think that in order for feelings like deja vu and, and intuition and premonitions and things like that to make sense, you also have to have have to be able to reincarnate into your the same, the same self that you are now, into the same body, more or less having the same, living that same life, over and over and over again. Kind of like the story of Sisyphus, but instead of pushing the rock, right, you're just living your life. Um, I think it was Nietzsche that wrote about this. Like he said something like, if a demon pops up and tells you that for the rest of eternity you're going to have to live this same life over and over again, will you curse him, or will you thank him and call him a god for giving you, blessing you, you know, with the ability to to do this, do just that right um so i was like okay so this makes sense i'm willing to accept that whatever it is that's been, that has been trying to get my attention since before over the past year more or less where I've, I've been kind of like i said i've been experiencing um life out of chronological order so i will like say something in my podcast and then later on i'll find something to support what i said um, and then the synchronistic, strong coincidences that I've been having in regards to like the Twilight Zone and then that March 20th, 2020, uh, quote unquote, death date. Um, I, Anthony Peake's explanation saying that, you know, your higher self can communicate with you through dreams, hunches, uh, auditory hallucinations, which is like hearing a voice or whatever telling you don't do this or do that. Um, to basically make sure that your lower self makes a different choice than it might have made in a previous incarnation. That shit makes sense to me. I'm willing to accept that. That resonates with me, right? So then I was like, all right, okay, if we can accept that, then let me see if I can kind of play with that idea, okay? So I started to think, okay, all right, if I'm reliving the same life, it's almost like I can look at my life as a painting, Right? So when you start off painting, right, the first day you start, you, you kind of have an idea. It's in your mind of what you want to paint, right? You, you do a sketch, you do a rough draft, whatever, blah, 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 blah. And then, um, then you start putting together like the piece that you have. It's a rough idea of, of what you want the painting to look like, right? The, I, I, I mostly just paint people and I don't paint people that I know. Um, I, I more or less create people, quote unquote, out of thin air. Um, although no matter what the person looks like physically, right. Um, people, a lot of people who look at the painting will still ask, is that you? And I'm like, that's not fucking me. My tits aren't that huge. My lips don't look like that. That's not my chin. What are you guys seeing? Anyway, so I I don't, I I, I rarely paint unless it's a self-portrait where I'm actually trying to paint myself for the most part, or it's like a family member or a loved one or something like that. Um, I don't paint people that I've ever met or that I know or I've interacted with in this reality. I usually just construct a person. And so on the first time, the first day that I start thinking about, okay, what I'm going to paint, I kind of put together ideas, references of, you know, what I want the features to look like, you know, the eyes, the nose, the, the lips, the hair, the, you know, the, the are they going to be slim? Are they going to be full figured? the skin tone, clothing, background, Etc. That's what I think about, and then you sketch a little bit, you do the, the first kind of go, and then you start painting. So the one thing I notice about people who call themselves artists uh, these days is that a lot of people, a lot of artists, a lot of up and coming artists or or aspiring artists, they they maybe do like a what I would consider a first draft, and then they they put that forward as a finished piece. I'm sorry, you can't. Start off and paint for one day and say, okay, this is it. I mean, you can't, you can do whatever the fuck you want. But in my opinion, in order to create something that's striking, you really need to put in the time. Otherwise you have a one dimensional piece of art, right? So my painting process takes about maybe anywhere from 60 to a hundred hours plus to, to paint one painting. Right? And the reason why it's because it's a multi-layered process. Each day is a new layer. Each day is a new layer. I make a change here. You know I take away from here. Um, but, but more or less it, 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 it's you're building up. you're almost sculpting with paint and you're using you know the days and the passage of time to, to create form the appearance of a three-dimensional figure on a two-dimensional surface right? That's, that's painting. That's a painting process, at least the way I do it and the way I think a lot of people did in the past before like abstract art, art kind of became uh, a thing. Um, anyway, um, so the character being created when I do paint, it almost seems like it has like a mind of its own, right? For example, I'll go and I want to paint. I've decided when I'm going to paint, I'm going to paint like full lips, right? A certain shape, a certain shade whatever but then after i like lift the brush and i look back on the reference i was working off and i look back on the canvas i'm like that's not what i wanted to paint that doesn't even but even while i'm in the middle of painting like i'll almost like see different lips on the lips that i'm trying to paint different from what i'm looking at the at the reference like i've gone to paint somebody wearing like red lipstick bold red lipstick but then when i go in and i i start painting i start seeing like glossy lips and so what i have learned to do now is just go with it. Whereas in the past, when I first started painting, I would get annoyed, like, okay, this is not what the fuck I'm trying to paint, right? And I would either wipe it off and start over, or I would just like paint over it after it was dried out because I wanted it to look exactly like the reference. But what I've learned now is that, you know, it doesn't have to look exactly the way I want it to look, right? What I've learned now is that sometimes the piece of art wants to more or less... Manifests itself, right? What I'm learning now is something. I think it was Michelangelo that said this. He said that he takes, he starts with a block of sculpture, a, a block of marble, and then he carves away what isn't the piece, right? So it's his job as an artist to just kind of remove the excess and and manifest something that more or less he's saying already exists, right? And I'm kind of more or less saying the same thing that regardless of my my planning and everything like that, there 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 is a being more or less in the painting that manifests itself. And my job as an artist is to help shape it into being. And that's the power of creative thought. You know, it's deeper than just painting something. And people who actually sit and create, people who paint, who write and things like that, totally understand what the fuck I'm talking about because that's really what happens. The characters, the personas, the paintings kind of create themselves, but they work with you. Right. Um, and more or less, every time I paint now, I, I'm actually surprised, like pleasantly surprised by the outcome um, of my more recent newer pieces. Because my art has become more of a co-creative process where I work with the subjects in the painting and I allow them to manifest themselves or certain aspects of themselves rather than lording over the piece in a very domineering, domineering like Old Testament kind of way. Um, Matter, But day by day, little by little, I shape the character in the painting and I add a shadow here. I add a highlight here. Sometimes I'll look at the piece and I'll think, okay, I need to change the color of the background. Okay, maybe this fabric is not the texture that I really wanted. I kind of want it to, you know, be here, da, 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 da. And, you know, maybe add jewelry or whatever. And then some pieces when I'm done, I look at it and I'm like, good, it's perfectly imperfect and I leave it. And then some others I'll go back and I'll go, mm, I should not have done that. Let me go and touch this up. Now, okay, So I'm saying all that to say this. I I get that as like an artist, right? I get that as an artist and I understand that because that's what I do on a daily basis every day. But what if we're all artists, more or less, changing, correcting, making different choices, you know, in our lives with every incarnation and then who you are, your body, your life story is actually like a masterpiece that requires like a multitude of incarnations to shape into like a perfectly imperfect, you know, story. And so just like each day, and I'm an oil painter, right? So I've got to let the, the the paint dry and it takes a couple of days or so for it to dry before you can go back and work over it right it needs quote-unquote time so just like i need each day in order to keep the building process to, to finally end up with the masterpiece that i you know that i've created you need each day and each day is each incarnation to go in and shape pieces of the persona that you're living as and so um maybe death is just like the start of like a new layer the way like when i stop painting for the day for that day and then i i start again the following day more or less the same the same thing and so your quote unquote what we call our higher selves is actually like an an artist right shaping sculpting sculpting rather creating the persona right that you're living as right now Right until it eventually like inevitably creates like this masterpiece, right, and so in a sense, then your higher self is like your own God, your own creator, and not of the entire universe right I think that the, that that's a different thing, like we're not responsible for you you're not God, right, but you are a kind of a small god. Right, and you are in charge of creating the life story, the perfectly imperfect life story of yourself. And this this self could be one of many selves, but at this present moment, this is the piece that you're working on right now. Right through rebirth and reincarnation, you know, across the multiverse. Right. So after you die the first time right? You kind of have an understanding of, okay, so I, I made this choice or whatever. I made these choices and this is it. That's like your day one. That's like the, the, the rough draft. That's a sketch. Then you have, you have the choice of the ability to then hop back into the life and start over. But now there is this part of you that now knows, okay, we did this last time, so let's do something different. And then you start shaping this character right? Kind of low key through intuition, you know, nudging it through even dreams and things like that to make different choices to avoid different people or whatever, because you want, it, you want it to kind of turn this way and that and, you know, affect different outcomes, right? So for example, like I've been trying over the last couple of months or whatever, before I speak, like I've been trying to just like pause, first and I found because then by by doing that of course it stops me from reacting to what stupid shit people say to me but the other thing that it does is it it, like it causes me to just choose it to me that's an exertion of free will I'm not just reacting anymore I'm actually making conscious choices of what words come out of my fucking mouth but as a result of doing that um, I found that I can actually hear in my head which I would call it an you know auditory hallucination but I can actually hear in my head like Words, phrases, sentences that I would have said, you know, before saying it, and then I get to make the choice whether or not to say it. Right? It's almost like a script, so to speak, that like that just kind of comes up, and then I can either choose to say it. And before, I didn't even stop. I just, you say something, I just say say it. It just comes right out of my mouth. But now, because I've been pausing, I can actually hear it. so in my other podcast, I refer to that voice in your head as like, you know, that internal monologue that we all hear. I refer to that voice in your head as like an AI voice. And I refer to the body as like, you know, a, a false self, a, a, a socially constructive persona, but also part of like the matrix. Like that's kind of what I talk about in the other podcast or whatever, about this whole world being a simulation. I'm totally on that. Um, but now that I really think about it, I wonder if it's even more than that like maybe it's like a fully customizable living like quantum sculpture right and that comes with its own persona that you can then reshape you know whittle um or completely alter and change with new it with, with like every new in, incarnation like every time you die you can just like come back and rechange you know make this choice make that choice and, you know, like, more or less, you become the artist via your higher self, and then you create yourself, right? And then every time you die, and then reincarnate into the, the same self, it's a chance for you to then continue, continue from that, same, that moment of death. Or you can even choose to just wipe the whole shit and start over, right? And then make different choices from birth. Now... If you've played the game long enough, right, after a while, I don't even think going back all the way through and starting over would be feasible. You know, you learn as an artist learns, like, you don't, you don't have to scrap the whole thing if it's not going the way you want it to go. Sometimes it's better just put, put the painting away and then come back after you've had a little bit more experience on other pieces, right? Um, so when I was a younger artist, I would do that. If I would start a piece that wasn't working out, I would just toss the whole thing. Right, which might be what what we see when people like just you know kind of i don't know commit suicide, maybe they they're you know they're just it's not going the way they're wanting, so they just scrap the whole piece um with time and with experience, I've learned like you you have to just like I said, like you gotta you know you gotta roll with it, you gotta take it and maybe not go back all the way from day one, right if I put in uh four weeks into this painting, I'm sorry, but that's my my time is fucking valuable, I'm not throwing the whole thing away you know and I know that other artists were famous for doing that but I'm not I'm not I'm not that's not how I roll like I'll go in and I'll maybe go back a day or two and tweak certain things and okay well that eye shape I don't like let me let that dry and I'm going to change the shape of the eye but I'm not I'm never ever I never ever just walk away from the piece and just toss the whole thing I did that one time and I still regret that Till this day, and maybe that's the same thing. Like I said, like maybe that's what suicide is. Like the person is trying to create this piece, but it's not working the way you know this piece out of this persona, right? It's like a a work of art out of life, and it's not going the way the the artist wants it to go. So then they just scrap the whole thing out of frustration, and and that's what you know leads to, um, leads to suicide. I mean, you know, you you don't know, right? So another thing, too, is, like, um, uh, let me use, like, the analogy. Like, so, okay, so now you talk about, okay, well, how do you create yourself? Well, I think you create yourself before you even come into this world, right? So I'm going to use two analogies. I'm going to use The Sims, and I'm going to use World of Warcrafts because that's what I've had the most experience with um, as a kid. Um, So, like, in The Sims, like, before you even, like, enter into the game there's like this loading zone or whatever actually for every game where you become a persona or an avatar it's like that so you choose with the sim so you choose what the like the personality of your sim the color of its skin this hair color you can not choose like you know what's going to happen to its body if you want it to be like full figured if you want it to be skinny whatever um you determine all of that and then you enter the game right and then you do your first run something happens, your sim sim dies, you're like, shit, okay. So then you you reload to your last safe point and then you go in and you make some changes or whatever um, so that it doesn't die in the same way that it died previously or it doesn't lose its job or whatever. You keep making these changes because you're more or less working to create like a perfect experience, you know, or a perfect sim where you can kind of have the sim that you want. And then I like to use the MMORPG analogy of World of Warcraft an example because when you die in World of Warcraft, because it's like an MMORPG versus you just being on your computer on the sim, um, you don't reload like the whole entire game. You know, your ghost in the game just runs back to the spot where like you might have died and then you continue playing with like your friends, right? Kind of thing. But now take like those two games, combine them together and then throw some future technology into that and then throw the the analogy of, it, of this being like an art and your life being like an art form and then throw painting in there and throw fucking writing in there and then think about like what like the quote the sims or a world of warcraft of the future would be like right so right now right imagine a futuristic wow so you're a human being in this reality and then you put this helmet on and then you are now an orc Right? Now there's obviously a certain part of you that knows, okay, I'm, I'm just playing as an orc. But for the most part, the orc character that you adapt has like its own thoughts, its own desires, hopes and dreams, or whatever. There's a human version of you still, oh, you know, somewhat aware. But part of the game is that it has to be immersive, so you can't just completely take over and start being a human being acting like an orc, right? Like you're you're like a full blown orc. So if you start acting differently, the other characters in the game will kind of come at you like, what the fuck? (laughs) What are you doing? You know, so you have to kind of play the game and be really fully immersed. But there is still a human part of you that's conscious of the fact that you're in a game and then that learns and adapts, adjusts, you know, strategizes and tries different things throughout, you know, but through the orc avatar, right? So you take the two and you throw it in with the art analogy and now imagine for this reality, maybe in this reality, like, the real version of you is, like, a uh, alien gray or, red, or whatever. You know the alien grays? With, like, the big egg-shaped egg shaped uh, heads and then the black eyes and, the, like, what we consider up, you know, as aliens. Like, what if that's what we actually look like, right? And that looks as alien to us as, like, an orc would look as alien to a human being, right? Okay. And so now, this world is like a combo augmented reality slash VR combination, like futuristic game. Right. And So you've had like several incarnations and you've played your persona, your human persona, the person you see in the mirror, like tens of thousands of times. And, you know, every time, you know, you die or, you know, you reset, you come back to whatever point you think you could have done something different. And then you just go back and then through like using intuition and, and, you know, dreams or whatever, you can nudge your human persona to make different choices somehow. And you can either do this subtly, like I said, with dreams and shit, or you can just outright like aggressively say, hey, dumbass, don't fucking marry that person. You know, like, and that person's just sitting in the living room like, wait, what? Right? And then you just keep making these little changes through the incarnations until you create this perfectly imperfect life story that your consciousness can then, you know, say, you know, this is the finished product. And then maybe in this world, once you created like this perfect life, it's like a painting, right? Like once I sit and I create this painting, then you turn around and you can turn around and sell it right to other people who can then play your character as you spent all these years sort of working on and shaping all these incarnations working on shaping to create this great story um, and then i thought about okay so the people that you're playing with right now you know i thought are they real like yes they are, they are real within the simulation the way like if you're playing like as a sim or whatever the sims in the in the game are just as quote unquote real as your sim but only you know in game right? Um, A lot of the times people in the game, like an MMORPG, could be created by consciousnesses that you don't know outside of the game, but you play with them, you know, within the game or whatever, and you form relationships there. Um, Or you can, like, have a person that you know in game have, like, either no consciousness, as in, like, like your husband could just be controlled by the game and like be a complete NPC. Not, not to me that he doesn't feel things like he does because every he feels the same thing that you would feel. I mean, that's part of the human body, right? It's, it feels pain. The body feels pain. The body gets hungry and things like that. But there isn't like a watcher, like a higher consciousness nudging him here and there. He's just sort of acting out you know, a personality and in, in a different role that's kind of been pre-scripted. Right. Another thing is too, like you, you could have like that same spouse. Either you start off with one consciousness, like say you logged into Earth or whatever, you meet somebody, and that person's been playing forever. And Then you meet them, and then they, you know, they join up up with you, and then you're living with them, and then you get married. But at some point in time, that person decides, I don't want to fucking play this character anymore. I'm just gonna sell it, and so they sell that character to like somebody in the outside world and then the person outside world logs into like your husband's body and then just starts doing crazy shit and acting differently you know and then all you wake up and you look at this person and you're just like this is who the fuck are you like you're not the person that i married <laughs> right i'll tell you a story so when i uh when i i, I played last time I played WoW was, like, maybe 10 years ago or whatever, but when I did play, like, this was back then when the highest you could get up to was, like, a level 100, and so I, the highest that I could play up to on my own, this was when it was, like, hard, this was, like, vanilla WoW or, like, Burning Crusades WoW, right, so, like, it was fucking difficult, okay, so, like, the highest I could get to, given the amount, limited amount of time that I had to play, because, you know, I had, like, a life and shit, um, was maybe like a level 35 36 you know hunter or whatever but then i went on um craigslist and i found somebody who was selling their wow account and they had like level 100 characters or whatever but what they did was before they left these these this asshole sold me their persona like it was like a night elf level 100 night elf um hunter um and along with other characters as well but they like sold all the gear and, and like gave away all their gold and all this crazy shit. So when I bought the game and I logged in and they didn't tell their friends that, uh, they were selling their character. So I, they just, I guess thought it'd just be funny. So when I logged in, everybody's like, Mark. And I was like, cause he was in a guild and I was like, uh, you know what, let me roll with this and see what happens. So I didn't type in hey, i I'm not Mark. Um, uh, also, it was an RP server, so I just kind of was like, eh, let see what happens. Um, and so they would say, like, they said to me, like, what happened to all your gear? And I just started doing weird shit that, like a normal level 100 wouldn't do, right? Like, I went and got all this, like, purple gear, but I bought them from the auction house. And so, like, I wasn't as strong as, you know, other level 100s. And after a while, like, I just, my behavior wasn't matching, and the things that I would talk about in the guild wasn't matching what the previous person who I bought it from, basically the consciousness who I bought this character from, would do. And so, like, I think I ended up getting kicked out of the guild or something, or I maybe just everybody stopped talking to me. And I left the guild, or I just I don't know. It's been a long time, but that kind of thing. So that could very well happen here, where you marry somebody, you meet somebody in college or whatever, and. You know, they're one person, and then like you get married, and then like years later, it's like they're not the same person that you married. You know, the consciousness is not the same. But well, what if if this is a simulation? You know, the person got tired of like trying to shape this person and got tired of you know married of the incarnations and just sold that shit off, and now you're stuck married to <laughs> some douchebag, um, and that that you're just like this is you're not the same person. But because we don't live in a society. Where these sort of things are discussed, you just think that, you know, well, they just changed or whatever. Um, So there's that. Then I had this thought, like, how many times can you find yourself in a dream, right? In a recurring dream before that recurring dream makes you, like, lucid, right? Like, if you find yourself in a dream, right, and the dream plays out all the way through... And then it resets the next day when you go back to bed and you, and you find yourself right back in the dream. How many nights of this have to happen? Like, How many loops of this does it, do you have to experience before you, you pause in the middle of the dream and you say, wait, this is a dream? And then you become like lucid in the dream and then start trying to make changes to affect the outcome of like your character in that dream. Right, that that whole scenario reminded me of a Twilight Zone episode called Shadow Play, and this dude is like stuck in a dream where at midnight he dies, he gets electrocuted, and he's on trial for murder. And at midnight he dies, um, and every time he dies, like the people's faces, like different people who play different characters in the one dream, then end up playing a different character. So like his soulmate, on one night was played by the person who play, played his. Uh, the judge a following night, et cetera, et cetera. So he's trying to get them to not execute him at midnight um, because I guess he seems to think that if he can just kind of break through and avoid being executed at midnight, um, then the cycle will stop or whatever. But he's definitely l- lucid in this dream. Um, what if that's what like more or less deja vu is, right? Like the deja vu feeling is more of a reminder that, okay, like you've you've done this before. You've lived this before. And then you just need to kind of more, like you're probably going to go through this a lot before you start going, okay, wait a minute. Like I've experienced this before. Let me see if I can do something different, you know? And then that's what that nudging is and and, and everything like that. Um, But in order for you to be dreaming, right, even if you don't believe that this is a simulation, if you're having deja vu and you feel like you've seen this before, then clearly, in order for you to have seen this before, there has to be some sort of aspect of you that's conscious somewhere outside of the dream, in whatever form, right? There has to be a dreamer capable of waking up on the outside world in order to come back and have you relive this whole life, you know, again so maybe death is what, you know, either makes you conscious or the act of dying is what awakens you to the nature of the, of the simulation, you know, so to speak. <sighs> yeah, I, I, just, I just, I just went in. Um, but you, that, you know, that is, that is, that is something to think about, right? Like, going back to March 20th, like all the things that pointed me to that point. And you know, I try to say, okay, maybe that's, you know, maybe that's, it's a coincidence, but that didn't make sense. And then I said, okay, maybe that's the day that I'm going to die. Well, that didn't make sense. Um, but then I, I stumbled across, you know, what I just read to you, you know, the quote by Anthony Peake in the, in that journal, um, where he's saying that you're into your, uh, your higher self will intuitively nudge you or will nudge you through intuitions, through dreams, through hunches, you know, just voices that just seem kind of wild or whatever that make you make different choices. Have you ever heard, have you ever had experiences like that where like you're in the middle of doing something one way and then all of a sudden like you just either feel this like strong urge to not do it and then you found out that if you hadn't listen to that voice or that urge or that intuition like something fucked up really would have happened and so by listening to that you know you were prevented from that like that should make you think okay every time you have deja vu that should make you think like okay why does this feel that way and and and, and scientists and doctors or whatever have said well it's just it's uh epilepsy it's, uh, your your brain is having like a little mini like epileptic or whatever, but that doesn't really explain anything. It's particularly because people without epilepsy, some people with epilepsy have the ability to perceive events out of time, like to, to have premonitions, to see things before they actually happen. So maybe what we call epilepsy is once again, another fucking label that they put on shit, but it doesn't really explain it. Maybe it's something that happens to all of us, which is basically kind of tapping into an awareness that we've kind of experienced all of this before and it's just like a little glitch or whatever, but there's, you know, on a on a grander scale, it's like more of it uh on in a severe sort of, you know, form. But everything I've talked about today, you know, I, I really want you to think about it between shaping yourself through incarnations and and and, and through death, right? and reincarnating into the same self and then making different choices. I want you to really think about that, especially when you go out and you start making choices. Um, because if you're going to relive certain choices at least, you know, once, you want to make sure that the choices that you do make isn't something that either you have to go back and fix, right? Or that if you are, have to relive it, it's something that is a good experience, you know? Um, or whatever. But they say that for people who don't experience deja vu, it means it might be like this is just like their first run, like they just first got into the game. It's like they're just entering into the simulation and so they're just kind of figuring it out. And then the people who do experience deja vu, especially a lot of it um a lot of the time, especially as you get older, um it means that you're kind of like an OG, like you've been playing for a really long time. And so not only are you like conscious of the fact that it's a simulation, but you're also probably more likely like this run trying to make different choices to prevent, you know, what it is to make different changes so to, to, to create or a different outcome than your previous life. So for me, the way I look at it is this, I'm going to hold on to Everything, and, and I'm gonna keep reporting, you guys. I mean, I have a couple of other episodes I have lined up. I want to talk about things like hallucinations. I want to talk about why other planets uh, appear to be appear to be um, uninhabited. Like that could be an illusion. I want to talk about how we describe, you know, what uh, madness. Um, I, I I want to I want to really delve into this and kind of take it take things. there. I know there's all the stuff going on with politics and you know the primaries and shit like that. I just I'm not. Everybody's talking about that stuff right now, and I I don't know. I I just want to try to get, like, detached from all of that and and kind of talk about something different, you know? Because we're all caught up in this, like... Some things like hijacking our collective consciousness and focusing on on this election shit. And and I'm not not comfortable with that, because when we're busy thinking and talking about all this stuff, you know, with politics and Trump and Sanders and all this stuff we're getting caught up in the simulation. I guess for me, if what I'm saying is right, if what physicists are saying, you know, is right, um, this being a simulation or the fact that we're hallucinating life and that we've already relived this, um, for me, it's like, eh, I'm going to, I'm going to take all that energy and focus it on creating my life the same way I take all the energy that I could be exerting when I'm like, you know, by dicking around on social media and everything like that, I, I don't. You know, my life is pretty simple. Um, people ask me, well, what do you do every day? Um, same shit I do every day. It, it's, I get up, you know, I go to the studio, I paint. Every day. Every day. Um, and the reason why I do that is because, like, that's my life. Like, I, I, I don't, I love creating. I love the creative process. I like taking energies that could have been that to me is kind of wasted potential. And I wanna take that energy and put it into creating something beautiful. And I guess on a micro level of me being an artist, um, that's an expression of who I am outside of the reality. Maybe I'm an artist outside of this reality as well. And so by you know, constantly nudging myself in, this, in these creative ways, um, I'm trying to shape this persona, uh, That's like a perfectly imperfect masterpiece, more or less. I'm trying to make a masterpiece of my life, right? There's a quote that says, you know, life imitates art. Um, And I'm really, really, I really, really believe that, like in a literal sense, like you can literally look at life and your life as a work of art in the same way that when you create really beautiful pieces of art, it takes art. It takes time. It takes you know uh, multiple renditions, sketches, layer building, layer upon layer upon layer, working on the same piece. I don't believe that you get one go. And I I I, I don't believe that if you want to create something beautiful, something masterful, something deep, that you can just pass off a one dimensional piece, you know, as art. You know, you got to put in the time, you got to maybe reincarnate (laughs) 200, 300, 400 times and really shape things to the, you know, to the best possible, the best possible version of yourself. And I think that if you start looking at life like that, whether you take what I'm saying literally or you take it to mean figuratively, I'm looking at this shit literally because it makes sense to me. And it makes sense to me because of all the shit I've been reading. Um, makes sense to me. So the next time I see a sign or whatever, I'm not gonna just dismiss it, you know. Or if I feel an intuition or or I feel something, you know, pause me or I have a dream that really stays with me, I'm really gonna recognize that. Okay, that's you know, that's basically me, the higher version, my higher self, you know, the dreamer, trying to basically control the dream self and shift it and, and create the best possible you know, outcome, the best possible expression of my lower self, right? To create a masterpiece of this life. And it makes sense to me because I, I am the kind of person that yeah, you know, I, I would put in time, time and time and time and time into the same piece of anything. If I like something, I mean, I, I'm willing to invest time into that thing you know and maybe that's why we have different types of people the same way we have different works of art you know you have great works of art you know those people who sit there and I'm along the lines of that but I'm not quite there where they create like photorealistic pieces of art I mean the amount of hours and time that they, they you know they put on that and that speaks to me because it's like this person's life is is basically their art I mean it is because in order to create these <laughs> super realistic paintings like that's their life they're they're putting their life on canvas that that's they're doing 8 hours a day that means most of their waking life is just being put into that painting into their pieces that's that's impressive to me you know that's what they're choosing to spend their time on and that's they have something beautiful to show for it you know and i think that you can kind of reverse engineer that if you put your time into fucking social media and into politics and into TV. I'm not saying don't go vote, like fucking vote, but like all the other bullshit that's going to eat up your time, like getting into debates with people and arguing and shit like that. That's a waste of energy, you know, that you could be putting into, into something else, something tangible. That's a waste of energy you can be putting back onto yourself into creating a, a better, you know, richer, three-dimensional form of, of who you are.